NFL season starts this Thursday with the Hall of Fame game preseason kicking off. Can't wait. Welcome back to Toronto Today. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca, and across the iHeartRadio app. Some news about a half hour ago in New York Giants camp. Wide receiver Sterling Shepard down on the sideline, being taken off on a cart, apparently in tears. So reports Jordan ran an ESPN NFL Nation writer for the New York Giants. So that's what he's saying. Bad news for the Giants here. We're going to swing around several camps as our next guest, John Crick, NFL columnist for Post Media, has been on a whirlwind across the northern states. He's been to Buffalo. He's been to New England, uh, Chicago, Cleveland, and Detroit. John, how are you? Do you know where you are now? Uh, not really. I know I'm in Canada. It's a 401, so I'm just going to ride that until I see the green and white sign that says home and a white arrow. Then I'm going there. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's been a crazy few days for you. Um, so when we spoke on Monday, you had finished yeah. with uh, the Pats, the Colts, the Browns, and the Bills, and you were in Chicago and then went to Detroit. So let's start in, in Chicago. Interesting quarterback situation. You bring in Mike Lennon, big dollars for a, a, essentially a backup. Then you draft Mitchell Trubisky as high as they did. What are you seeing in Bears camp? Well, it's pretty clear cut. It's going to be Mike Glennon who's going to quarterback that team this year. I don't think there's much doubt about that. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback they traded up, gave up the first round pick to move up one spot to get him number two overall. Well, he is uh, he is one impressive quarterback from a throwing standpoint. Okay. He has tools. He's 6'3". He's, he's more athletic in speed than you'd think for somebody that size. Uh, as much as you can gain from one practice, but he he looks like he's got a great arm, a really fast, tight, uh, pretty relief. I mean, he's just got all those type of tools. But the quarterbacks coach Dave Ragone afterward was talking about he wasn't saying that Trubisky doesn't have these things, but by talking about him continually, he was pretty much saying that Trubisky just can't play right now. He right. is he coming from a spread. You know, it's funny that Bruce Arians back at the annual meeting when he was sitting down with reporters was talking about how a lot of quarterbacks today, they can't even lead in the huddle. Like, mm-hmm. And you're talking about big grown men who have to, you know, worry about putting food on the table. They want a leader. They want a guy that they can trust is going to get them in the right play and lead them down the field. Well, a lot of these stud quarterbacks come out and they can't do that because they just look to the sideline for the the big photos of Farrah Fawcett and the screwdrivers and everything else that they throw up as, as tip signs for these guys for a play to call. So they, he's right now learning the verbiage. He's learning the, the proper three, five, and seven-step drops, where to throw it, uh, and all these pre-snap things that the, the quarterback coach went into wonderful detail on for a guy like me that loves this stuff, and I'm sure a lot of the, the, the listeners out there like it too. He was talking about how you, know, you have to get them to the right play, know what play it is, and then you have to understand the defense to know whether to change out of that play into something else to set your protections. These are things that are all new, and you just can't learn them in, in a month and a half at uh, OTA, spring practices, and then uh, right now, uh, half a week into their training camp. It's going to take him a while to do that. And if he doesn't even play it down this year or dress or play in a game, it would not be surprising. It doesn't mean that he's a flop of a pick. In fact, the opposite of that could be true. Look, what, look at Jared Goff. He didn't play yeah. for the first half of the season last year for the Rams. If he hadn't played it down, we'd all be going, hey, this is the first-round draft pick who you know hasn't played yet. There'd be excitement. Well, what happened? They put him in in garbage games at the end of the year that didn't matter when he wasn't ready. 
And I've, I've already, had, already read it in a couple of magazines and preseason uh, previews saying, you know, can he bounce back from his floppish start? Well, you know, if I'm, if I'm, the, if I'm the GM or the piece of the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the Bears, I'm going, look, you know, I'm only going to play this guy if we really have to play him. So Mike Glennon, on the other hand, is five years into his career. He's played in, I think, uh, something like 29 games. Uh, he's he's uh, far more ready to play. And, in fact, Mark Sanchez looks far better even uh, from that standpoint at uh, the practice on Monday, their backup, and he might be the backup if Trubisky can't play. Um, Mark Sanchez even looked pretty good in there. And then at least, yeah, you have that extra bit of depth if things start to go south. And yet, right. John, you're right. A lot of people forget in college today, like, it is a, a yeah, a, you flash up a card, a sign, they look to the sideline for guidance. Or, and even then, if it's no huddle, it's, all right, well, if you don't see your first read, you run. And and Mitchell Trubisky mm-hmm. as well only played, he only started one year, so he's even raw from that standpoint. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you look at the man the old things, that was a Bill Parcells used to say, if you didn't play two or three years in college, I'm not interested in drafting mm-hmm. out of, you know. I think it's beyond that now because most people you talk to, the quarterback throwing experts, um, we get a chance to talk to some of them during the year sometimes, the guys are in the media now like Kurt Warner, and they'll say that, look, the quarterbacks by and large coming out are, are as talented as they've ever been throwing-wise. They go to these camps when they're 11 years old and they just they become better mechanically, if you will, but it's the understanding the pro game is becoming less and less frequent among these top end kids just because they're they're not used to the the, the drops. The the mm-hmm. well Trubisky dropped three of the first six snaps in the uh, from under center at the wow. first uh, padded scrimmage on Saturday and of course Bears Nation was all melting down. Oh already <laughs> well it goes beyond just taking a few fluke drop snaps. I mean this is these are the, the detailed things that quarterbacks have to know. And it's funny how, you know, in the draft this season when, you know, from January to March, especially with the Combine, we're all just looking at so much of the physical tools and the physical pounds and the 40 times and whether they can hit these crisp out patterns or not. I'm as guilty of it as anyone, but it still comes down to understanding the verbiage and whether you can constantly and routinely uh, say these plays, understand the plays, get the t- look at the defense, understand what it's showing you, and get you to that next level. To, to segue to then my next stop, which was yesterday, he was in Detroit. Uh, I got a chance to, to speak with Matt Stafford alone uh, after practice yesterday. Okay. Matthew, sorry, because I asked him, what do you prefer, Matt or Matthew? He's like, definitely Matthew. Okay, you'll be Matthew from now on. <laughs> All right, Matty. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and well, his first given name is John, and I was a little offended uh, that he didn't keep that one. He said he didn't, didn't like that name. Oh, well, you know, but, but the interview went well. <laughs> no, but I was asking him, I said, you know, we hear so much from these young quarterbacks about, you know, how the game doesn't slow down right away. And, and once it does, they can, you know, do, do good things. I said, you know, you're nine years now into the league. Uh, does it still slow down for you, somebody that deep into the league? And, and he said, not so much, he says, but you just get more of a confidence uh, of, an, of understanding what's, what you're seeing in the defense and how to get in the right play instead of like a kid like Trubetsky right now who would just be guessing. Right. Um, you know, Stafford is to that point in his career when he knows the right thing to do more often than not. And you know, he was saying, too, he's telling me that he loves the offense since uh, Jim Bob Cooter took over a lot of offensive coordinator late in the 2015 season. Best name in football, by the way, John. Best name uh, in football. Not a great name. <laughs> you, you are not a basketball <laughs> point guard named Jim Bob Cooter. No, you're not. You are a football coach, a quarterback coach. That's just what I But he said he loves, he loves this guy's play calling because he gives Matthew so much freedom to change the play. 
And he he was all but saying that, you know, he was so frustrated Stafford before that because he'd see something, a play that, you know, he didn't think would work and he couldn't change out of it because that was the way that their offensive system had worked at the line of scrimmage. So um, to, to get back to that point on, the, on these young quarterbacks, he was just saying that, you know, once you get to that point in your head where you understand these defenses and know what to do, then it's just a matter of, you know, I'm sure there'd be some line cynics out there that'll say, "Oh yeah, you still got to have a cement. If you have a cement head, you're still going to make cement-headed decisions." Well, that's possible with <laughs> <laughs> some of the quarterbacks that struggle sometimes. But uh, it really is an interesting when you hear when you see the layers pull back on exactly what it is that these quarterbacks uh, are asked to do and, uh, and what's expected of them and what they have to know right out of the gate. It's amazing that any of them playing their first year, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're totally right. In conversation with John Crick, NFL columnist for Post Media on Twitter, at John Crick. One more Lions question for you here. We saw yeah. Matt Stafford playing Matthew Stafford. So yeah. gotta, don't want to upset Mr. Stafford. Uh, playing at an MVP level before that, that uh, uh, finger, I think it was a finger injury, um, mm-hmm. last season, and then things started going south for the Lions. If you look at this lineup, the running back position as a complimentary, uh, with complimentary help, very underwhelming. The receiver side, all right, Golden Tate. Nice possession receiver, Marvin Jones, uh, probably a little overpaid a year ago as free agent. It was it's amazing what Matt, uh, Matthew Stafford has been able to do with what's been around him. Uh, so I can only guess that if the Lions are healthy with Matthew Stafford, then uh, hey, they have a chance at the division. I think so because Green Bay isn't going to be as good. No, nope. two, two more offensive line starters, so that's three. Uh, they've lost since uh, well in the last twelve months, right? Yeah, before last season when um, uh, Sutton left, but I don't know. I think you're going to have, when you've got Aaron Rodgers, you're obviously always going to have a chance, uh, but I do expect that they'll have a tougher time to win the division this year, and the Lions, as much as anybody, I think probably more than the, than the Vikings, should have a really good chance to win it. Uh, their defense and their running game, I guess, are always going to be, uh, it seems in, in this century, are always going to be question marks with the Lions. Um, and there's enough at each level, I suppose, for Detroit um, that you can, you know, pick apart their defensive chances. But when you've got a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, who, as you say, last year was playing mid-season as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, if people forget, you know, they, they had to lose the last five games to not win that division. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what they – otherwise they would have won the division, right? Um, so they, they, they got off to a good start. Uh, if the Lions, you know, and, and as everybody who's I'm from that area, they all remind me, you know, they only won one playoff team since the 50s. Yes, this is very true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just to get there for them now was almost uh, not enough, which when I was growing up, if they even got to the playoffs, that was almost cause for parade. Well, they've been to the playoffs now three times in the Matthew Stafford era, so uh, it's time for them to get over the hump and ask them, what's the one thing you guys got to do to do that? And, you know, he kind of came back with a bit of a cliched answer, but he said basically, look, if you're thinking that it's one thing, you're not going to get there. You've got to, you know, just every day get better at every level of the of the game, uh, every level, whatever your position. He said that's the only way we're going to do it. If we start thinking that, you know, we're that one thing away, he said it's the wrong way to think about it because I think the franchise as a whole has been always thinking it's one player away for the last 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a championship drive right there. It sure is. Uh, and last one for you here, John. Uh, Herm Edwards was on uh, our morning show, Naylor and Landsberg. And he, uh, I want to play this uh, this clip for you here. Uh, said that the NFL would be smart to allow the use of marijuana. So just have a listen here. I think it's a smart smart move by the National Football League. Anytime we can do things to alleviate pain um, from players, we need to look into it. Now, I know it's a banned substance at this point. 
And with that being said, I, I think if you get tested and you test positive, that's a problem. Um, but I think the league is, is, is understanding that this is becoming uh, used as a supplement uh, for, for pain relief, and if it, it, and it can help players, and then you look into it. There's no doubt about that. So what, what's your take? The, the old uh, adage, okay, hey, you know what? Today's society, some states, it's legal using marijuana for pain relief in the NFL. Well, whether it's illegal, whether it is legal or not in NFL circles or law circles, there are, you know, in any given season, nearly a couple thousand NFLers, and a lot of them do use it mm-hmm. for pain alleviation. I'm sure some of them use it for, you know, the high, whatever, the traditional reasons. But they should, there's, there's an easy way that the NFL can do this. And, of course, it's not just the very first time you test positive, you are suspended for a game. It's nothing like, you know, it's not like this is the Olympics. You, know, you have to hit certain thresholds and repeat. Uh, I couldn't type those to you now, but so all they would have to do is, is with the players association, because all these rules have to be collectively bargained and agreed to. They would have to talk to the NFLPA and just kind of lighten the load there a bit. You know, we're not, not going to give you a four-game suspension right away because if it's to the point where somebody's you know addicted to it or uh, has an actual you know a mental or physical addiction to to any type of substance, I don't think it's a good idea to just turn your eye, whether it's alcohol or anything, right? Right, um, and so you you can't make it less strict than their alcohol rules because if somebody's you know always getting DUIs or is always testing positive for alcohol, then they also similarly have substance issues for that. So uh, I think what they should probably do is just not make it quite as strict uh, with the marijuana, and that might be a segue until the the next CBA is negotiated at the end of the decade. Right, transition that way. Well, John, thank you so much for taking the time. Always appreciate your, your hard work uh, going around to camps and uh, look forward to, to reading everything that you got this season on the NFL at, uh, on Post Media. Hey, thanks a lot. By the end of by the, this weekend, I'll have uh, some top 10 camp observations, which I was hinting with you the other day. Ooh. So that'll be in papers and online uh, on the weekend. Excellent. And I'm sure you'll tweet it out on Twitter at John Crick. Well done. Great. All right. Thanks, John. Have a good one. Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. All right, John Crick. So, again, on Twitter, at John Crick, K-R-Y-K.